0: Blessings to you, my friend. This is Pastor McGee with Empowerment Ministries Christian Center, and you're listening to Empower the City podcast. I pray today that your hearts are blessed, minds renewed, and you are infused with the passion to serve God like never before. Blessings to you, and enjoy the message. Chapter number two and chapter number three. The Bible declares, then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man. And he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. 25 is key. Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt what y'all? They felt no shame. So I I did a word search on synonymous words for shame and, and this is what came up in my search. Uh, A synonymous word for shame is regret, humiliation, embarrassment, inadequacy, strong guilt, and disgrace. So chapter number two, verse number 25, they felt none of this. They were at a perfect state where they had literally no experience of regret, never been humiliated, never embarrassed, never feelings of inadequacy or disgrace. Somebody shout, they felt no shame. They felt no shame until we get to chapter number three where they have this dialogue with the serpent. And chapter number three, verses number six, the Bible declares, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they realized they were naked. So they sold big leaves together and made coverings for themselves. 8 says, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they, somebody shout, they hid from the Lord. They hid from the Lord God amongst the trees. Why? Because this is the first time that they are experiencing shame. Shame We're defining it as a painful feeling of humiliation caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. So this is my theory. Sin produces shame, but shame provokes a cover-up plan. (laughs) Sin sin produces this feeling of inadequacy. You you just don't don't just feel shame just to feel shame. No, there's something that that evokes the, the, the shame it's the sin, it's the failure, it's the wrongdoing that produces the shame, and then shame in turns provoke a cover-up plan. So, y'all help me for a second. How many of you guys have something in your past that you can point to as a failure, as a disappointment? Either something that you did, so some some of you guys got the testimony, like me, you broke your own rule. You know, it's, it's certain things that you did, but it's certain things you said, I ain't gonna never do. And then you mocked people who actually did the thing that you said that you would never do. And then it comes a point in your life where you actually crossed the line and the thing you said you never would do, you did. And then you said, I did it, but i never do it again. And then you cross that line. <laughs> So when you have certain failures like that in your life that you can point to, usually they lead to the feeling of shame. I feel humiliated, I feel disgraced, I, I, I feel inadequate. And this is the common tendency. Whenever you have failures that you can point to, shame that you might be currently experiencing, the next best thing the, for the human experience is fig leaves. It's a cover-up plan. As I was preparing this message, I, I, I thought about two of my other friends, um, because one, one of my friends, he growing up in high school, um, he was pretty much like just a drug head. I mean, he was just high all the time, high all the time. I had another buddy, he was a sex head. So my buddy over here, the drug head, he'd come all the time talking about <laughs> the craziness that he did over the weekend, every week. how much drugs was there, how much he smoked, how much, I mean, just, just. I mean, all kind of crazy stories. The other one over here, um, he would have a different story every week of some girl that he was with, and he would give us the download of the challenge that it took to conquer her to get her in the bed. Every single week. So this is what I didn't know until later on. Because all of high school, they spent their time talking about stuff that they did it wasn't until we got grown where both of these individuals came to me and at that particular time when they came I wasn't able to help them and I'll tell you why I wasn't able to help them but because because he was talking about his drugs deal in high school but when he got grown he realized that his problem wasn't the drugs it was the shame and the failure in his past he was using drugs to mentally numb him from the pain of his shame the brother had a that that, that had the, uh, the, the 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 womanizing issue. He was using his lust as fig leaves to cover up the shame of his feeling inadequacy all of his life. Shame, cover up plan. So so this is what they did in, in high school. Now they're grown, mother. They coming to me because because watch this. This is this is what they saw in me. They saw a young man that set goals and that achieved goals. They saw stuff that I accomplished, and it seems as though that their life is now in a downward spiral because what I've been using to cover up my shame is no longer working, is is now consuming me, is now killing me. Greg, I wanna do what you do. But I wasn't able to help them, and this is why I wasn't able to help them. And and I told this story a couple of, it was too funny, a couple couple of months ago, uh, my mom called me and she was like, hey, baby. I said, hey, mom, what's what's, what's up? She said, I got something for you at the house. I said, okay, okay, I'm coming right now. She said, come on. <laughs> so, you know, I'm like, what in the world mama got for me? So, I'm, you know, I, I just, I'm over there. So, I knock on a little doc, doc, doc. You know, she took my key years ago. So, I, doc, <laughs> hey, baby, how you doing? Give mama a key. You know, I usually wait to give a kiss before I leave, but, you know, I was like, she got something for, hey, mom, ah, what, you, what, you, you, you need something, mom? What you, you know, I was, like, I was acting humble. You need, any, you need me to do something, mom? No, I got something in there for you, baby. It's in the middle of the floor in your old room. So I'm excited now. So I go in there. And it's a big old box full of old trophies, awards, and certificates. And she walked in the room. She said, that's yours, baby. Take it to your house. Take it to your house. (laughs) Get Get that one out of here. So when I seen this stuff, it was It flooded my mind with all of these memories, and it made sense why I wasn't able to help my brother who was tired of his drugs, help my brother over here who was tired of all the womanizing, is because his drugs were covered, his women was covered, but my awards were fig leaves too. And the problem was, people honored me, and they encouraged me, not knowing, to keep covering up. Because my real problem is not that I wanted to succeed, I had to succeed. It's not that I I wanted to get the championship, it's not that I wanted to get the award, I had to get the award because the honor covered the shame of how I felt on the inside. I couldn't help them because when God, I, I, I saw his drugs, he saw my awards. I saw his porn, he saw my award. When God looked at us, he saw fig leaves. So I need to know what to do with the cover-up plan. And there are many of us, many of us sitting here right now, we have cover-up plans. And your cover-up plan might be honorable, more honorable than your neighbor. But when God looks at you, he says, I still see leaves. Amen. So what's the, what's the solution? How do I get out of how, how do I get rid of the leaves? Because the reality is. And by the way, both of those brothers got delivered. You know how they got delivered? They didn't get delivered by putting the drugs down, putting the pouring down. They got delivered by allowing God to deal with the shame. And once God dealt with the shame, I no longer need leaves anymore. So this is what God does. Genesis chapter number 3, verses number 8. The Bible declares, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, "Where are you?" Ten says he answered, "I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid." And he said, "Who told you that you were you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from?" Twelve says, "It is the man said, the woman you put." <laughs> he's still up to the cover-up plan, y'all. Because if you can't cover up with your own sin or your own reward, the re- rewards or whatever your scheme is, the next best thing is to blame somebody else. Because watch this. You looking better, worse than me, makes me feel a little bit better about myself. You know, yeah, I did this, but at least I ain't do that. This <laughs> this woman you gave me. That's the reason. Then so So God looks at the woman and the Lord God said to the woman, What what is this you have done? The woman said, Ain't my fault either. <laughs> watch this, watch this. Adam said, Ain't my fault. I know I sinned, I know I failed. I'm feeling bad, but it ain't my fault. It's the woman you created. The woman said, It ain't my fault. I know you made me, and I feel bad because I sinned, but really it's your fault, God, because it's the serpent you made. Blamers are usually the ones who deal with the most shame. So this is what God does. Verse number 21, we're getting there. The Lord God made garments of skins for Adam and his wife, and he clothed them. Is there a consequence to the sin? Absolutely. There's a consequence to the sin, but God does something. That Paul's gonna highlight that I just read Romans 1:16. This is what God does. God says in his word that the wages of sin is what y'all? So, because he, he he told Adam, the moment you eat of this, you're gonna die. Now that's both spiritual and natural death. Spiritual death is separation. Natural death, you cease to live on this side. Of heaven. So you have seen, you deserve death, but God does something that we 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 know as substitution. He doesn't kill Adam, but he kills something in Adam's place. So in essence, he forgives him for his fault by not. Allowing the wrath to incur on him, but to incur on somebody else. That's number one. He forgives him. Number two, he deals with the shame of his nakedness. Forgives him, and then he takes the skin of the animal that God sacrificed, and he covered him. So here it is. You 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 admit that I have the failure. You admit that I have the shame. God says, get rid of the leaves because I'm going to forgive your sins and I'm going to cover your shame so you never have to deal with that again. Can somebody say amen to that? So the Apostle Paul, he writes and he says, "For I am not ashamed of what y'all? the gospel when he's talking about the gospel he's talking about the good news of what Jesus did on the cross Jesus died for my sins so that I can go to him and I can confess my sins to him and the bible declares if you confess if you confess he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins to cleanse you of all unrighteousness he forgives the sin and he eradicates the shame can somebody say amen to that if you are a believer that is your current state right now so the Bible declares, 2 Corinthians 5:17. therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? He's a new creature. All things have done what, y'all? Passed away. Behold, what, y'all? All things are what? So right now, li- listen, listen to me. If you're, if you're a believer, if you're a believer, if you're a believer, right now, he has made all things new. He has forgiven you of your sin, and he has covered your shame. I hear you, Pastor. I hear you. Sounds good. Them, script, them little scriptures you're quoting, read them myself. Heard another preacher. Preaching better than you. But I still feel like that. So I'm trying to understand. Why is it I know what the Bible says, but I still feel as bad as if it just happened yesterday? And I, I want to I wanna, I wanna help today because after knowing the truth, after reading the truth, sometimes we fail to realize that we are in a spiritual war and the devil don't fight fair. How do you keep a man in shame? I'll tell you how. By reminding him of his past, because if you are in shame, as powerful as you could be, the devil has your life on pause because he keeps reminding you of what you did, not what who God, not about who God said you are. Let me show you. Revelations 12, 12:10b says, "The accuser of our brother and sisters is a, who accuses them before our God day and night." Shame is a tool that the enemy used to keep a free man bound. He literally reminds you of what you did. Let me show you another text. Uh, Ephesians chapter number 6, verses number 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle, you guys know this, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what, y'all? Principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, watch this, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil they having done all to stand stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth having on the breastplate of righteousness having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the somebody shall fiery darts fiery darts are thoughts that the enemy throws at you the corinthians the apostle paul says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through god to the pulling down of strongholds. Watch this. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Where the devil is working at. The devil, he ain't in Iraq. He between your ears. Constantly reminding you. Of who you used to be and what you used to do. And the more I see the image of the man I was, the woman that I was, the harder it is for me to move into the, my future and embrace all that God has for me. Because when I look in the mirror, I constantly see what I used to be, what I used to do. So God has made a way of escape for us. But there's something that, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, there's something you got to do. L- let me let me show you what, what you got to do. So So... This is my, my beautiful wife, Lady Irene T. McGee. Can y'all bless the Lord for my queen, y'all? Love you so much. Just stand next to me. Can you stand? I feel better when you stand next to me. Let me tell y'all something. This right here this is a power team. Amen. It's a power team. So, so this is more than just, just ministry and preaching, whatever. I mean, everything that we do, I mean, we, sh- we strive for unity and to be on one accord because that's what the devil hates. So during our day-to-day interactions, we're handling business for the house, handling business of the church. We usually try to do it together. So, so this is what a, a, a day would look like. Uh, and, and this was, I'm going to paint a picture of a, uh, a day. This was like maybe two months ago. So we had some really, really important business um, to handle. And um, so we both dressed up. I got, on my, I got on my good blazer, the good blazer. She dressed up and the meeting was like maybe 10, 10.30. And um, so I had to run and do some things and she had to run and do some things and we was gonna meet at this office at 10.30. So I'm handling business, she handling business. I get there a little early, y'all. And uh, so I'm outside, just just kind of waiting on her, waiting on her, and uh, so she's she not really late, but she see me waiting, and so she, she pulls up, and she gets out of the car real quick. And she got this on her head. Now keep in mind, she's been in businesses, and she's been handling stuff on the church behalf. And when she get my my wife she got this she got this power walk. She I I love it too. When she get out of the car, she with down heels, she (laughs) So I'm standing there and all like And then this is too funny. sisters. I don't know what what this is all about. She got out of the car, she said. Why the sisters be doing this? I, I just don't know. So, 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 watch this, watch this, watch this. We, we get, we, we finna go into a meeting. And I said, babe, what's that on your head? She said, oh, Lord, I forgot. <laughs> and she snatched it down. The reason it was important for her to snatch it down, because we can't go in there with this on top of your head. Thank you. Get where I'm going. There's some stuff on your head that God says, I'm commanding you snatch it down. Some of y'all been praying and talking to God with God. It's, it's almost like it's almost like Moses at the Red Sea. God, help us. We in trouble. Red Sea in front of us. Mountains on both sides. Pharaoh by God, help us. And God is like, what's that in your hand? You asking me to do something that I've given you authority to Luke 10, 19 says, Behold, I've given you power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I'm telling you, there's some of you guys that's wrestling with guilt, and you wrestling with shame, and you are wrestling in vain. Watch this. Because the very thing that you are wrestling against, God says, Stop fighting that and fight him. Come on, somebody. Stop fighting your shame. Take off your cover-up plan and speak against the enemy that's fighting against you. Can somebody say amen? So I, I just want to give you a couple of tools, a couple of techniques that's going to help you to snatch it off. Watch, watch this. Number one, if you're taking word, and, and for those of you guys who are in freedom class number ten, uh, Pastor Chris he highlighted some of these same scriptures, and I would encourage you to go back and listen to lesson number ten because it's one of the best best messages, one of the best messages I've heard on spiritual warfare. Number one, I want to challenge you to actually use the word of God because cussing the devil out doesn't work. You ever heard somebody say the devil's show getting on my nerve? He getting on my nerve. He ain't moving and going nowhere talking about him that he gets on your nerve. Because, you know, that's the kind of stuff you use with people and it work on people. So your kids get on your nerve, you be like, y'all sure getting on my nerves. Y'all need to go somewhere. So what they do? They go somewhere. (laughs) That work on them, but that don't work on the devil. He's a bully, and you actually got to turn around and confront him. Because hoping that he will go away will not make him go anywhere anywhere. Watch this, Matthew chapter number four, verse number two, the Bible declares when the tempter came. Notice it doesn't say if the tempter comes, (laughs) but it says for some of y'all it needs to read why, why he's still there. I mean, come on, let's be real. How many of you guys, don't raise your hand, but think about it. How many of you guys right now have been entertaining some negative thoughts over and over? And it's like you just cannot get these negative thoughts out of your head for nothing. I'm telling you, it might not be you, but it might be him throwing fiery darts in your mind. And watch this. While you're trying to pray to God, asking God to remove the thoughts, you might need to speak against the enemy. Y'all ain't saying nothing in this place. So the Bible declares... When the tempter came, this is what Jesus said. He answered and said, it is what, y'all? I'm I'm telling you, the word of God is absolutely an authority against the devil. The word of God is absolutely an authority against the devil. So you don't have to come up with some cute philosophy. You don't have to come up with some cute saying. No, find the word of God that speaks against the lie that the enemy is telling you. So maybe that is it. Maybe we should start right there. Can you define the enemy, the lie that he's telling you? What is he telling you about your marriage, about your wife, about your husband, about your children, about your grandchildren, about your future, about your education, about your what? What lie is he telling you about your success? Told the brothers this past Thursday. One of the lies that I embraced years ago that God had to dismiss in me is that in, in order for me to function in the anointing, I gotta feel it. And if I ain't feeling it, it ain't about my feeling. The Bible declares that just shall live by what, y'all? By faith. Do you believe it, Pastor McGee? And if you believe it, it'll come to pass. Can somebody say amen to that? So he uses the word of God. It is, somebody say, it is written. It is written. Watch verse number six. And he saith unto him, this is the devil again. He comes back again. And watch this, watch this. Um... Um, I, I, I've been watching my son Greg Jr. play basketball for a long time, I've been watching his team play for a long time, and, and this is what I, I noticed because all the teams he's been on have been pretty good teams, they've been pretty good teams, and usually they, they, they find a match the, uh, of a team that's as good as them every year. And it's only one determining factor that determines whether Greg's team's gonna win or the other team is gonna win. And usually, because the, the, the gifts are the same, Talent is the same, ball handling skills, shooter's the same, it's just one determining factor and it's who gets tired first. Uh, that's good. That's good. And some of you guys quit too soon. I mean, you, come come on, come on, how many, just, just think back to a battle, something, the enemy was fighting you and you, and you, you went to a good service and you felt good and you, you, you engaged in spiritual warfare. Devil, you, uh, you is, you ain't say you a lie, you is a lie. You can't have my babies, you can't have my house. You anointed how many of y'all have anointed your car before? Just oil all over it. Say like, no, nah, not my car. <laughs> you can't have my car, you can't have my stuff, and you felt good for a couple of days. But the devil came back a week later. And when he came back, you was tired. You were like, you can't, well just have that. Don't touch this. <laughs> Yeah, he comes back a second time he saith unto him and look what Jesus said Jesus said unto him it is written what y'all again Again. every time the devil came back Jesus came back with something that it is written again again a third time he saith unto him the devil is persistent y'all you can't tire out the Bible teaches us not to become weary in well doing for in somebody shall do season you shall reap if you faint. You know what it means? You, you know what do, 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 you eat, me. How many of you guys ever had something that said past due? <laughs> that means on a particular date, something was supposed to happen that did happen. God don't have past due dates. Don't be weary in doing well for in due see. They, oh, God, I want to help somebody in this place. There is a proper time. Uh, there, there, there's my brother come. My brother come. Jeff come. Come, come. Laugh, come. Come here, sir. Come here, my brother. Ooh. Just line up right here. Right up here. My brother come. Come yes, sir. One day I'm going to get a white beard just like that. <laughs> I'm jealous, man she said don't rush it <laughs> look 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 somebody shout we live by faith, live by faith. not by what we see right. we live by faith because that's the realm that God operates in God operates in an invisible realm and watch this in an invisible realm there is no such thing as time time is a tiny island that we live on but God doesn't live on that time so when we pray, the moment we pray, God drops what we prayed for in the day that it's due. So we got, we got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You prayed and it's Monday. Because God doesn't abide by time. He went ahead and dropped it in a day Sunday when it's supposed to be due. Here is the problem. Will you last to the end of the week? Y'all ain't saying nothing in this place. To get to the promise that God already gave, oh, somebody said it's, it's already mine. It's already yours because God is not limited by time. I gave it to you and it's yours by faith. Just keep waking up saying good morning. Y'all ain't saying nothing and you'll run into the promise that I have in store. So here it is, Tuesday, the devil is lie. You ain't gonna have my babies. You ain't gonna have my car. You ain't gonna have my job. It's Wednesday, the devil is absolutely alive. I shall live. It's Thursday, come on somebody. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and it is Friday. I'm coming up on the rough side. How you doing, baby? I'm just hanging in there. It's Saturday. You okay? It's like God has forsaken me. I don't know what's going on right now. It's like you, you don't understand. You don't understand. You don't understand. You don't understand. When you pray Monday, God dropped the blessing Sunday. He dropped the blessing Sunday based on two things. Number one, it was time for it based on the rest of the components that's attached to your blessing. Number two, he dropped it there based on your spirit being maintained right. Yes, yes. So oftentimes what happens is what God dropped on fr- on Sunday, he got to move to Tuesday of the previous week. Woo, and now you've become weary in your well-doing thinking God don't gave up on you. But the reality is you actually gave up on him. Thanks, because you fail to engage consistently in spiritual warfare. My, my daddy My daddy told me this. My dad. Some, something crazy happened about a year ago and um, during that time it, it, it was just so many things, so many doors that God was opening up. It's like every day something new I was just running into. Things that I had been praying for They was manifesting, manifesting and, and something crazy out of the blue just happened and my daddy came to me. Matter of fact, I wrote it in my journal. I was looking at it the other day. He says son, do you think that the devil will remain silent, silent While God continues to bless you like this. And there are some of you guys right now. What God has in store for you is so great. And you have lost sight on what God has in store for you because all you see is the warfare of the enemy. And you you, have put your head down, you've laid your, your weapons down, and God is saying, pick your sword and your shield back up and keep fighting. Come on, somebody, to what I promise you manifest. Can somebody say amen? Thank you, gentlemen. So the third time... The devil comes to him and look at what he says this time. Then said Jesus unto him, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written. And the third time, guess what happened? The devil had to get up and go. He had to get up and go. He had to go. He used the word of God. What is your word from the Lord? My dad, he tells a story. There was a point in his life he was just at a very, very low point. Very low point. And he said he was reading the word of God, and he ran across the scripture that helped him to wage warfare against the enemy. Because watch this, respected in the church, deacon, man of God. But what he was going through was pressuring him to give up on all that God had blessed him with. It was the enemy attacking it. Watch this, it wasn't just the situation, it's what the devil was telling him about the situation. And he said he ran across this scripture that uh, tempted above, you're able to bear. Somebody help me with that. God won't allow you to be tempted above. God will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able to bear, but will with the temptation make a way of escape that you might be able to bear it. And he said, I just kept meditating on that scripture. There's some kind of way that God is gonna make a way of this escape. And he kept using that, he kept quoting that, and he kept saying that. He Maybe he didn't understand what he was doing, but this is what was happening. He was engaging in spiritual warfare, and every time the thought came that he wasn't gonna be able to make it, he was quote the scripture that God is gonna make a way of escape so I will be able to bear it. And guess what? God made a way of escape, so he was able to bear it. First Corinthians 10, 13. You got to use the word, number one. Number two, use the name of Jesus. Somebody shout the name of Jesus. Let me me tell you, let me tell you. So we're living in a society and a time now where um, it's okay to say the man upstairs. It's okay to say God, uh, the most high, happy, holler, I mean, all that kind of stuff. It's it's okay, but for whatever reason, it's not okay to say Jesus. And I don't think that that's just a cultural thing. I actually believe that that's a demonic attack. Because watch this, demons don't bow in the name of the Most High. Demons don't tremble at the name of the man upstairs. But if you want a devil to get up out of town... When you open up your mouth and you, you utter the name of Jesus, watch this, Philippians 2.9, 2.10 says that at the name of Jesus, somebody say every knee. Every. Watch, watch this, watch this, watch this. Every knee should bow of things where, y'all? And things where? And the things where? Even in hell, they got to bow. And this is what one of my mentors told me. He said, if it's got a name, it's got a knee. Depression got a name, it's got a knee. Cancer got a name, it's got a knee. Whatever your problem is, if you got, if you got a name for it, it's got a knee. And if it's got a knee, at the name of Jesus, it must must bow. First lady, tell she tells a story. Uh, she was over um, her daughter-in-law's house. This was years ago. And uh, something was happening with her daughter-in-law. It's like she was having a stroke or something. She said her, she fell and her face started twisting. And she said, I've never been in that situation before. And I didn't know what to do. But she said, this one thing came to mind. Just call on Jesus. And she said, I just begin to say, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Watch it. It wasn't an eloquent prayer. Oh, oh, Father, we we approach Your throne. No, it wasn't wasn't one. Jesus. Because I mean, sometimes when 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 the pressure get on, you ain't you ain't got time to be eloquent. You ain't got you ain't got time to be dignified. Sometimes it's it's time for an ugly prayer. Every once in a while, can somebody say amen to that? She just begin to call the name Jesus. And she said, while I was calling the name, I could see her body falling back to the, nor- to, to the norm, how she was before she fell out. Right calling on the name of Jesus. 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 You have the word of God as a weapon and you need to use it. You have the name of Jesus as a weapon. You need to use it. This final thought I want to give to you. I want to help you and I'm done. I want to help you use his name use his word I want you to use submission as a weapon against the enemy I want you to actually use submission as a weapon against the enemy let me show you how this works James chapter number 4 verses number 7 and I'm done the Bible declares submit yourselves therefore to God resist the devil and he will what y'all so so this this is what it looks like. This is what it looks like. This is why I last <laughs> this is why when I found about found out about the freedom course, I went to three of them, 'em, three conferences back to back in June, May and June, back to back. This is why I went to this one. And then this Saturday I'm going to another one. And, and I hadn't decided yet if, if, if uh, the one uh, on the 14th, if I'm gonna be pastoral and just be there for, because I'm a lot of saints gonna be there, or I'm just gonna throw myself in the mix. I don't. I hadn't decided yet. But, but this is why I keep going and keep getting free, because watch this. It's like a seesaw. Great submission to God. Equals great authority over the enemy. Little submission is little authority. No submission, no authority. So you might be telling the devil to go somewhere and he laughing at you and he got a right to laugh at you. because I only bow to those who are authorized by God. And how are you gonna be a rogue police officer and try to pull somebody over? Little, no submission, no authority. Little submission, Little authority great submission great authority I'm not always here sometimes I get here and I have to look at my life and find out where am I actually not submitted at in essence I need to find out what the fig leaves are what, what am i using as a cover get rid of the cover and actually submit because just like me you need to have great authority over the enemy i don't i don't know about y'all watch this watch this watch this i believe in the need of a pastor absolutely i believe in the need of a man of god woman of god in your life you should have somebody you could call when you were in trouble we, we had a had a brother and he's out today I believe uh, Brother Devin lost his grandmother, and um, uh, he reached out to me, and I considered it an, an honor to be able to talk to him and encourage him, and all that kind of wonderful stuff. You should have, you should have that. But watch this. When it comes to a devil, you actually don't have to call your pastor to fight against something that's fighting against your mind, because he literally gave you the power to bring the enemy under subjection in your own life. So if you see him fighting your mind, get you a verse. Implement the name. Watch this. If the verse doesn't seem to work, if the name don't seem to be doing something, it might be because there's some area in my life that I've given the devil legal right to be there because it's an area of unsubmission. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, there are just a couple of things I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way the most recent episodes will always be in your feed, waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, this minute, if this means you for you to like to get anyway, and you'd love to help us to continue to impact the lives of others, go to our website, empowerthecity.org, and select give now. Thank you again for listening to this podcast. We'll see you next time.